All right. So when you were getting, you know, really into music, what was the first band that you really like fell in love with and developed your obsession with? First band crush. First band crush. Modest Mouse. Shocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm kind of impressed that that crush has lasted as long as it has. Like, it's pretty impressive. It's, no, it's still thriving. I know. That's the thing. The fact that I, or at least I don't know many people that say that their first band love has continued to be like their primary band love. That's actually kind of an impressive feat. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those, they're one of those bands that I absolutely love. And, you know, I've got their entire discography on vinyl. You know, there's a flex there. Um, but this it really just goes into what I enjoy about music, and it's the there's just so much depth to it all and so much to work with it. I mean, it was I think uh, good news for people who love bad news, which you know I know is later in the game in their catalog. Um, that's kind of you know that's flowed on, but that that you know made it through on the pop stations. She's like, hey, what is this? This is interesting. I really like this song. It's catchy. I like the melody of it all, and you know, I think that's the first album that I got, like CD that was mine. Mm. Like you know, it wasn't something that you know, somebody else bought for me or like, oh, you know, everyone's listening to this. It's like no, like, I really like the song. I want more of this, and I want to dive into whatever this is, and. That record really honestly changed my life because I got to hear, you know, the structure of their writing, the structure of how they build their textures and where you've got songs like Bury Me With It, which is so hard, but it's not, you know, it, it's not, it wasn't, you know, quite into the, it wasn't in the metal realm. So I wasn't like, you know. I wasn't getting that hardness from like metal. It was like, oh, this is heavy. It's like, no, this is chaotic. It's angry. It's got all this like oomph to it, like angst. But it's so focused and it's so directed. And to come out of like songs like that and then to go into like, you know, the intro, you got the horn intro into, you know, Ocean Breathes Salty where it's, you know, very nice and light, and you've got all these beautiful swells and swishes, is the first time I think I felt that way. Mm. You know, listening to something that was like, this is my own. Like, this is mine. And I think it's it's a truly um, personal experience, if that makes any sense. And not saying that I'm, went, you know, gone to chase that, because obviously I went more into their catalog but just seeing so much of those branches and so much of those pieces on what i enjoy about music and you know what i hope to kind of see or put out there myself damn that was you know it's actually kind of funny ryan i know you have brought up the running joke for a long time like joe and i essentially we're the same base model but we kind of just went in slightly different directions Wild growing cherries. up. And, <laughs> no, it's hilarious because I feel like my story is almost a near-perfect mirror to yours. Wasn't it the Decemberists? It was. Ha! So my first band that I fell in love with also a strong one. Uh, was the Decemberists. And I think the reason for that was uh, 
before I was really into music, I was very much a writer and I read. I read so much as a kid. I had our library, uh, did that, you know, summer book, whatever. Rebecca Cottle. Was that a thing? That name sounds familiar. It might have been. I don't remember. It was like a list of books. They're like, hey, these are the Rebecca Cottle reading list. Oh, no, that wasn't it. We had essentially, it's like, hey, here's, you know, read 100 books over the summer and you would get like, you know, prizes for that. Oh, we had that. You're at Kane County Cooter. I did that too. Yeah. It was great. Reading Chubb. Oh, my God. I would spend uh, a lot of my summers, we had a hammock in my backyard, and I would literally just sit in that hammock with literally a stack of books Dude, I am so next to me. Excited. And I just I would bought a hammock. Oh, my God. I'm, nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over to your apartment just to sit in your hammock. Well, it's a, it's a one person, but we can probably it's, squeeze. We can spoon. We can cuddle. Nice. I'm not opposed to this. I mean. Get fixed. I think uh, it said, was it 400-pound limit? We're small. Unfortunately, I think we both <laughs> we can make it work. Um, no, but that was I. It's so weird. It's a very episodic memory for me. The day that I listened to my first Decemberist song, I uh, went out and I got this little uh, Rio MP3 player, this tiny little black thing with a red <laughs> button that navigated all of it, and it came loaded with some songs to it, uh, just to show, hey, this is what your new MP3 player can do. And one of them was "Here I Dreamt I Was an Architect" by the Decemberists. And up until that point, like, I didn't come from a musical family at all. Mm. I think the only things my mom really cared about were Bruce Springsteen, and then maybe there was a little bit of country music as well. I spent a few summers going to, you know, see some country music with her, which was a ton of fun. Great memory with my mom. Uh, My dad really didn't care for music at all. I think I knew him to buy two albums when I was growing up. Um, One of them was live, and then one of them was a Counting Crows album. And that was it. I had never heard him uh, buy a CD or anything else other than that. Counting Crow's pretty good, though. It yeah, was. I mean, th- I mean I, all the all the artists you've mentioned are contenders. Yep. August and everything after. That was the one he bought, so he made a great choice there. Uh, but, yeah, I remember listening to that song, and it just changed what music could be. I had never heard that kind of a, for lack of a better word, literary influence in songwriting um, like I did in that Decemberist tune, and something just clicked in my mind at that point. It's like, this is different. I really like this. Why do I like this? I listened to that song, kid you not, 50 times in a single day. I was obsessed, and I was overanalyzing every lyric, like, what might this mean? This, or what might this mean? What imagery is this? And then I just needed to know, are more people doing this? So I would, after that, it kind of opened floodgates. I would come home from school every day and go to, I think it was at that time, like free.napster.com. Uh, you couldn't download anything because this was post-LimeWire. Mm. Right, right. Um, but what it had was you could listen to everything as long as you were on the site. And under each artist they had, you might also be interested in. So kind of like Spotify, yeah. free Spotify. And so I would find, start off with the Decemberists, and I would go to that list, and I would click on every single artist, and I would listen to an album from each one of them. And I would write down who did I like, who didn't I like, and then I would just keep doing that. And I did that for a couple years and in a very short time doomed myself to be a hipster <laughs> by my <laughs> own ah. by my own actions. Completely doomed myself into that. Uh, but it was. It, and that was the same. That was the first band that I actually, that coincided with about a m- few months after that, re- they released uh, The Crane Wife, which was yep. their breakthrough mm. album. 
And that was the first one that I went to the store and I'm like, I'm going to buy this on my own. I want this. I need this. And yeah, my whole musical identity kind of birthed out of that experience. Everything before that music was more of a exercise, just kind of an intellectual thing to do. And that was the first time I actually got to see music as an art and some a way of expression that had something to say other than just, you know, this background noise on the radio. Isn't it, like, really depressingly sad how some people never get that? You or know, or I mean, honestly, I think they get it in different mediums, too. That's what I like think. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say they don't get that. Um, because, you know, the idea of art... Here we go. Now I'm gonna, you know, sound like it. I feel like Ooh, it, let's art, get pretentious. No, art is it's the expression of the human experience. Yeah, it and is. And to not have that, and this is why, you know, I think it's important to have art and music and these premises in school because these humanities really do add value. Yeah. And you know, for you to say, you know, you know, people quote, you know, don't get it. It's like, well, yeah, maybe they don't get it in that medium, or they don't get it in that. You know, you meet somebody who's like, yeah, I don't care that much for music. For any of us, that's w- weird. That's like a full, you know, like communist party of red flags there. But <laughs> maybe, but maybe, maybe they get All that. Right, enjoyment. That was a good one. <laughs> maybe they get that enjoyment from somewhere else. Yeah, like I think a lot of people would look at least me at me the same way because I'm not really that big into sports. And there's a huge swath of the country that sports is a major part of their life, and for me, it's just never hit that. I, I was about, I was just about to make that same. They also similar. Had to t- they like, also had to tell people to stop sniffing glue. I think that's not that's not entirely connected. You know what? I'm not going to judge Ryan if sniffing glue is what gets you there. I think we should have some conversations. <laughs> Are you doing okay, buddy? <laughs> but I'm not going to start off by judging you. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know what you mean, but I think it's, I, w- I would actually have that go to i feel like sports are one of the things that people tend to latch on to pretty hard um but i would say that it's more because of um it's kind of a weird interplay between our love for stories and narratives and also our love for gambling we're just gambling with our own emotions (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know it's like you go and watch this movie and you've been or like a netflix series but you don't know if the good guy or the bad guy wins because the odds are pretty random I mean, some things are formulaic. But all the, I mean, some things are formulaic, but not sporting events. Those results are pretty random. Like, there's a little sway, but there was something, mm. no, statistically, there was, uh, I mean, it's, it might have been there, that there Daniel Kahneman book. Well, there, there are statistics, but that was one of the things I was reading is that it's like who wins or loses has not that much, like, has very little to do with anything that you can measure beforehand. Like it is way more of a coin flip than anything else, like game to game. Like oh there's yeah. like small differences that make a bigger difference, like over the course of a whole season. But game to game, it's a coin flip. Are you talking about that Thinking Fast and Slow book? Yeah, yeah, great fucking book. Right? It, that not, one. I'm not familiar. Oh, oh my god! Give it a read. Give it a read. It's fun. It makes you hate people less. It. It's also very That's very an dense. battle for me. I would recommend read it, but also expect that you're probably going to read it two or three more times, just because it's dense. It's dense, and every single time you will get something a little bit different out of it. Hmm. Yeah. But it's an amazing read. Interesting. So I'm trying to think of the first time I 
heard an album or like really connected with a band specifically because it's it's like it's such a weird cross section right because it's when you connected with a band and had the agency to do something about it and also i think for you that's a little bit different i don't know i don't know necessarily your full growing up story but you were pretty embedded in the arts from like the get-go like art was just a part of life yeah i was i was very immersed in it but not also like not structured art right i was always around stuff but i could kind of engage with it or not at my leisure right and because of that there was it was never really made to be a big deal because my parents do it it's whatever you know um but for music they both, my parents both had some strong, relatively strong pr- proclivities with what they like to listen to and their relationship with them. Both my parents love music, right? They're a big fan. Um, and so I got to listen to a bunch of great stuff growing up that kind of formed a lot of my tastes. And my parents would, you know, they bought me CDs when I was younger, right? You know, like I got, had the nice Eiffel 65, the millennial <laughs> classic. <laughs> I just put out like a, uh, a meme related to that. A few days ago, and I instantly thought of you. That's amazing. It's a, it's not a bad album. My favorite song is the one about PlayStation. Did on the PlayStation. Is this I'm Blue, I'm a Be of a Who Die? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's only maybe like 45 people in the world that just got your reference right there, Ryan. And man, they are going to be having a great time so right after right they now. listen to this. They're putting that song on because it's a banger. That song is full of excellently crafted <laughs> music of... The mid '90s, um, or early 2000s, I forget. Oh, mid '90s, but yeah, totally mid '90s. I latched onto weird music because of that. Like, I had a Queen album that I listened to a fuck ton. Just, I listened to so much Queen, but just the Queen greatest hits, like the one with the burgundy cover. Oh, I, th- I know the one you're talking yeah. about. We had that one. We had that one too. It's and it's so good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just the, it's just the, you know, they trimmed all the fat off of it. Yeah. And Queen had some interesting fat, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Check, that, it, out, check it out Night at the Opera I mean, versus the Queen's Greatest Sits album. I was going to say, that Weird. listening to that record straight through is an experience. I mean, I, I think it's it great. It is all over I the place, say, though, and it's delightful. I'm a sheer heart attack Queen fan, though. All right. So, I mean. Yeah. Oh, so, but I was going. It's, it's a little bit less refined, but. Good stuff. Still oh. maintains that energy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Freddie always did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyhow, I was thinking about, like, when I was – because, like, freshman – being a freshman in high school is kind of right around there. Formative. Is, yeah, that's, it's fairly formative because you start having agency to go and form tastes, right? You have the freedom and, you know, maybe even some capital to go and, like – buy things take initiative you're exposed to a lot more peers on that you know in that initial hurdle buy things in this economy yeah right but that economy there were there there's maybe four (laughs) there's there's four contenders and i just can't remember how in what order i got them but one of them was um i I know the answer to some of them i think i know the answer to these go ahead (laughs) i almost want to pop quiz joe like, Actually, what was that old game show? Like, they had the two married couples, and you had to get the same answer. So it's like, all right, put your pen and paper down now. Okay, of the, of the four, of the four, what are what what are your guesses? Cake. If you could, if you could slot, what first four bands was I really committed to? Cake. No, I didn't get into Cake until 2012. I actually knew that one. 
That's crazy. Interesting. Ah. Well, Streetlight? Streetlight's one. I, fer- I heard Streetlight on a, uh, what was it? I was in the bus going to school with a, uh, with a friend of mine at the time, and he showed me everything. Uh, no, he showed me Point Counterpoint. Point Counterpoint, okay. Yeah, and that was... That's aggressive. Oh, and I loved it. Like It was like, oh, this is really good. It's like all the stimuli is just shooting off all at once. And that's, I think, the thing that I really enjoyed about it, right? Um, I really liked everything like that, but the thing is, I couldn't... He showed me that, and then I wasn't... I had nothing to go off of. Because I don't... It was... He, would like, told me... I don't think he... He might have mentioned the name once, but I just forgot it. And so I just knew that I wanted to find more of that, but had no way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Until later, and then I started really getting into them. But, unfortunately, the first album I picked up from Kiss the Sky was um, Keys Be Nights, the yep. Streetlight version, which is a... It's a good album, but it's also... It's also Kalanaki's songwriting from before he started Streetlight. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a whole bunch of songs. Like it's almost like the first Streetlight album is really good. The second one almost takes a like it's a step down so in the songwriting. So this is a little aside. So th- for those that may not be uh, versed in the ska idiom, ska music idiom, there's a band called. Oh, I'm trying to blank. Catch Twenty Two. Catch Twenty Two. So there's a band catch called Catch Twenty Two. They put out an album called Keysby Nights. Kalanaki was in Catch-22. He was the front man and the lead singer. He left due to label struggles is a fuck you to the label. They took the Keys, the Keysby Nights record from Catch-22 and essentially re-recorded it with maybe three changes and said, hey, Record label, here's the album. Well, and having listened to both of them, I do have to say that Catch-22's version was a lot more fun and had more of that OG Scott energy. But the Streetlight version is way better recorded, way more polished, and just a more impressive-sounding record in general. Yeah, I, I just wanted to bring people up to speed who maybe have not oh, for be, sure. not yeah, be no, there, familiar. There is a whole controversial drama about that, but that's the only one they had there. And that's the one I picked out, and mm. I was a little actually, I was kind of disappointed by it. I was like, "This isn't what I thought it was going to be, right?" And then I found everything goes numb, and I was like, "Okay." And then I found somewhere in the between, and from that point on, I was fucking hooked. Well, somewhere in between is a very much more refined product oh, in the catalog yeah. of Streetlight Manifesto. It is. It was the first. I think like everything goes numb was fantastic, but somewhere in the between is when they really kind of came into what people love about them honestly and i kind of i kind of sure feel th- i kind of feel like that's the magnum opus of that yeah group. i don't know if they've done better than that record especially because they were younger and uh, a little more i don't know they were I, I you feel like they were a little more invested in the dream at that point but you know it's hard to sustain that sort well of they passion. hadn't been i mean they hadn't been screwed over by victory records true to the full extent that they ended up being yeah, yeah. okay next three ben folds nope didn't get into Ben Folds till the end of high school. <gasps> okay. Um, that one actually surprises me. And I never got into Ben Folds, except for Ben Folds 5. I'm still just dipping my toes into the like, Ben Folds solo catalog. Oh, There's oh. just so much of it. Oh, can, can we do like a phone a friend? I think I might have an idea of one of them. Shoot. Maybe, possibly, Death Cab for Cutie. Death Cab for Cutie was pretty early on, but that one...
because plans would be like right smack yeah. dab in the middle of this yeah. time period you're talking about you know right what? now. You know what? You are very right. That is when I started getting. That's when I started getting into plans. It didn't. I didn't get as obsessed with it until a little later, though. Like I orbited back to that one, and that's really what sunk its teeth in. I, I sat. I, I listened to plans in that time period, but it didn't really hit me how me- like magnificent that album was until later. Yeah, especially when you start really absorbing the lyrical content. It's like, oh, jeez. I think I had about a year where I listened to that album on a daily basis. It's so good. But what uh, what, what else you got? So now you're having to make me doubt everything I knew. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> honestly, I feel like there's some classic rock shit in there. Pink Floyd. So I actually, that was way earlier on than that. Pink Floyd was, uh, I got into Pink Floyd when I was... I don't care when you got into Pink Floyd. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you don't... <laughs> wow, just shut that down right at the start. You know what, you know what, Joe? You don't need no education. That's right. <laughs> See, again, that is witty. Now, now imagine, imagine, uh, a ch- uh, imagine a grade school, a third grade or second grade Ryan going and uh, being in his uh, bedroom with a black light and a like a Mars a purple Mars light going around, wearing a beret and small dark circle glasses, listening to Pink Floyd the Wall from an album that was a cover album of like a tribute cover album of Pink Floyd the Wall by this band called Out of Phase. See, I'm not sure if you were ahead of your time or like twenty See, my years didn't too let late. Me, didn't let oh. me have a black <laughs> light because they were afraid that's what would happen. And they would have been right. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. Strong um, choices by your parents. <laughs> and see how effective they were. <laughs> you can't stop that train of running. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was a that was a whole thing. Yeah, I was uh, not a lot in common with my peers. Um, but the uh, the funny thing was the the version of Pink Floyd the Wall that I listened to the most was the live out of phase version. Not the original, because the original was way more expensive at Kiss the Sky, and my dad's like, I'm not buying you that. It's like a two-CD thing. We're getting this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, but, yeah, Pink Floyd was early on, but I, and I did get into that in high school, and I really dug my teeth into it, and some of the classic rock stuff for sure. But the ones I was thinking of specifically... One of them was Panic at the Disco, a fever you can't sweat out. Okay. I dug into that album hard. Really, really good. Um, I loved, I just like gr- fell in love with the production of it and the just the songwriting and the arrangements. Um, and then there was also uh, My Chemical Romance I got into about that time. I was, I was honestly, I was about to go into the emo stuff. Absolutely. Uh, My Chemical Romance is Because I think you got hit harder with the emo. Oh, I sure did. But I mean, they were they were doing a lot of really interesting things that hit me in a very similar way that Streetlight did with the intensity of it and the arrangement and just the song craft. But the other one is my pop punk phase. Some 41. You know what? I would not have guessed that. That's the one out of left field, I will I say. I fell hard into Sum 41 for a big chunk of my angriest adolescent years. So is there, outside of, I like, mean, the two big ones, is there anything worth really sinking your teeth into for some looking 41? back? Some yeah. 41? What, what, what are you considering the big two? Uh, oh, God, you're going to make me pull out names. Because um, there's the... Um, oh shit. Chuck. 
Yeah, I mean, Chuck is fantastic. Chuck's great. Chuck, uh, what the destruction. Too deep, and I'm trying to keep up across my Yeah. There's that, and then there's also Fat Lip. Well, and here's the other thing is I didn't listen to any of the albums. Of course you didn't. I only listened to one-offs on YouTube. But I got through a giant chunk of their discography like that, so I have no idea what album what song goes Welcome to. Welcome to the early days of the internet. Right, though. And, but that's the thing is because you could do that back then. Like, it was achievable. Yeah. Yeah, so that was – but, like, I listened to Hell Song, and I was like, oh, I need more of this. Hell Song, Fat Lip was great, In Too Deep. Oh, gosh, but there were so many – like, even Pieces was pretty good, right? Uh, I'll admit, I got two songs for some 41. Oh, I man. think that's all I've listened to. There's a, like, especially well, from that time period. I think Chuck, I mean, Chuck is the uh, the album, I think, that was produced by Iggy Pop. Oh. So, like, they had some, like, they actually had some cred to them. Well, and they, they were doing a really good job. I, I don't, I didn't really get hooked on their rebirth at the, like, at 2010. Um, eh, nothing, like, I also got to see them when I was younger, too. My parents took me out of S- Boy Scout summer camp to go and to go to Summerfest. Good parenting in Milwaukee to go and and we watched some bands and got to All see Some Forty One. That's it. But in seeing Some Forty One, we had to leave early because my parents wanted to go home because we were driving all the way back that night. And my mom and my both of them were like, "We don't like this. This is whatever." And he, they were also phoning it in pretty hard. I forget what time period this was. It might have been like 2007 or 2008, some 41. But they were not like he was just saying like fuck after every other syllable. <laughs> and he uh, stuffed a pillow under his shirt and did an Elvis impression as one of his bits on stage. Oh, I think he was hitting shots the, fired. He was hitting the bottle or some sort of pill pretty hard at that point in time. Yeah, I don't think he was clean at that point. <laughs> But it definitely it did not leave that sort of like this is an amazing concert vibe. But yeah, those are those are things I would like cite as like four very like four bands that I like fell in love with first. Your first real sink your teeth into this moment. Then my tastes evolved very quickly. Also, there was a very strong Billy Joel period as a, an aside. I well, feel yeah, as a pianist and yeah. a Billy very Joel, Ben Folds, very no uh, before Ben Folds. I didn't get to Ben Folds until a bit. Billy Joel and the Doors. Uh, yeah, I can see you with the yeah. Doors. Ray Manzarek was my idol for a hot second. Music's weird. You've been listening to Jesus Coyote. These are the bites. <laughs>